we don't ever create alone, ultimately. We might think that we're creating alone, but we're never creating alone. And rather than pretending that we are, <laughs> why not invite in those other energies? Why not invite the thing that you're creating to communicate with you, to commune with it? To me, that's like the whole point. No matter how beautiful something might look on a wall, the beauty is in that relationship that is born from the process. Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and Dream Work. In this podcast, I offer teachings and musings around energy medicine, as well as poetry, songs, interviews, and other such shenanigans. Today, I'm joined by my partner, Christopher Gerber, and we are in... Seba, Puerto Rico. <laughs> and it is New Year's Eve, 2021, about to be 2022. And we are going to be talking to you today about our adventure here in Puerto Rico, where we've been for about a month now. I wanted to bring my partner, Christopher, onto the show because... The adventures that we have had have been epic, and I thought it would be a really great way to harness the adventures that we've had here, to just recount some of our experiences and specifically talk a little bit about how we have incorporated dream work into our artistic experience and how we have navigated the co-creative experience of being partners in art as well as partners of the heart. So I'm going to introduce Christopher, and I would love to invite you to explain your nonprofit organization, AWE, which stands for Artists with Ecology. Artists with Ecology uses art to inspire a sense of awe in people for their environment, and then from that sense of awe, participate with the preservation and restoration of our beautiful environment. Mm. There's a very thin line between awe and fear. They're both that place where there are no words for what you're experiencing. You're absolutely speechless and you're overcome. And the more people have that experience for the environment around them, the more that we protect and nurture and restore when needed that environment around us. Gorgeous. I'm super grateful that you had the inspiration to bring that into this project. Mainly, I paint for myself and I paint my inner processes. Specifically, I've tended to only paint my dreams and conscious dream journeys, almost as a rule. <laughs> so when we were offered this opportunity, of course, Christopher, with awe, 
says, well, what's the local ecology? What needs preserving? How, what, how can we you know, be stewards of that? And I was like, well, how do we dream to it? <laughs> and basically, I think that both of those questions really have been the foundation that has been weaving throughout our experience here. Getting to know this place, the beings and the spirits of this place, the people of this place, and the synchronicities and magical sort of happenings that have occurred around our mural paintings and the dream journeys that have deepened that experience as well. And so we're going to be just sharing a few of our stories about this last month of painting in Puerto Rico. And I also have really wanted to focus on our co-creative efforts as artists, the difficulties and the challenges that we've met and how we've faced them and what we've learned from them as a couple, as human beings, because it's interesting being an artist co-creating with another person. It's, and you know, you put a couple alone in a massive, pretty much abandoned, I mean, there's nobody here but us most of the time. And, you know, we're just together. It's kind of like The Shining, but in the summer. <laughs> Even though it's winter here, it feels like... And there's no summer. evil twins. I haven't seen any evil lizards. Yes. Evil twins. Mm. Right? But, like, luckily we haven't tried to kill each other or anything. We've just been having a blast. And it's brought us closer, I would say. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But... <laughs> If you love what you do, then you'll never work a day in your life. This is true. I think we've really embraced that. Like, we love what we do. And, yeah, we're working every day. But it's it's the love that really makes us shine. Yeah. Even the sweaty, grueling, challenging disagreements and long days, uh, even the, the low points have been wonderful. So, well, it's been memorable as well. (laughs) Like it's, it's. uh, We're not remembering a TV show we saw last night, or we're, you know, we're 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 creating some really beautiful memories, even in the challenges. You know, like it's it's fresh, it's new. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have any running water. Can I just say that? We've had an outhouse and... <laughs> that keeps things fresh. <laughs> I mean, the beautiful thing about a construction zone is that when we begin to see our world as a construction zone, there are things to be created. There are opportunities to expand upon what is. And I really feel that we've done that. Like, it really has made this an incredible experience with you. Yeah. Because it's not only just seeing what is, it's constantly seeing what could be. Especially when you're looking at four-story tall blank walls that have nothing on them but like some peeling paint. And we're visioning over and over and over, like, what are we going to put there? How is it going to look? How is it going to come about? And that vision changes. Based on the environment and the people. Context is everything. Yeah. 
Like as an artist, for me, especially as someone who considers myself an environmental artist or an ecological artist, context is everything. Absolutely. So we're going to share a little bit about our adventures here. And I think it's usually it's good to start at the beginning, don't you think? Kind of work our way through. Well, I, where would that beginning be? I mean, <laughs> I think that one of the beauties of this is the seeds that we planted. Like, it's not just in the last couple of months of this job coming along. It was before, before that. Like, we planted these seeds pretty much as soon as we met, you know. We started talking about what the possibilities were and what we would really like to create. And and I would say I would I planted these seeds long before we even met. And yeah, for sure you did. you were one of the blossomings of those seeds of like, oh, I desire to experience a partner that I can create with. And not only create with, I can travel with and go to new places and and create new things with this partner and that you know that wasn't on the menu until I put it on the menu that was that planting of a seed generating a seed as it were and it's been really beautiful to see that come to a fruition at the end of this year and go wow there's that that started 10 years ago <laughs> yes and for me I think that one of the original seeds was, I don't want to be in the Pacific Northwest in the winter. (laughs) I want to be in beautiful, warm climates. And I remember explaining this to you when we met, and you were like, what about Puerto Rico? And I'm like, I never even thought about that. So I started thinking about that, because you brought it up, and here we are. So powerful seeds. And I think then the next phase of that seed beginning to blossom was our good friend Thea, who approached us and, or actually you approached her and you said, hey, you're moving to Colorado. If you, you know, meet people, opportunities. Well, Thea's superpower (laughs) is connection. Yes. connecting people with different opportunities. Also, she introduced us to each other. She did so, introduce us. She's that like, connection. oh, I see that you have bees, and I see that you are bee bathing. And that is pretty unusual. And yet, I have a friend who would probably really enjoy bee bathing, and she just <laughs> happens to be an artist. And she just happens to live down the street just a few blocks from you. And so <laughs> Thea's superpower of making connections definitely led to one of the greatest connections I've ever experienced in my life. Likewise. Through the bees. Through the bees. Yes. Through, is this so thank you to the bees. Thank you to the bees. Is this where we mentioned the connection of the bees with, in Washington? Here we are, like we're in, we're in Washington and... We're, we're bee bathing in Washington, and um, you know when we had first met, uh, Amanda said, oh, you have to read this book. And the book was about bee shamanism. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that she had 
given me this book and I devoured it just in, you know, like a few days, if that, and I just really got into it because I had been keeping bees for a while. I'd caught a few swarms and I was jokingly with Thea, you know, starting this thing called bee bathing where we would lay on a bale of straw between two beehives and just feel the energy of those bees moving, flying out on their way, out to all these different blossoms and then coming back with their bounty and sharing it with the queen. Yeah, like bee bathing is an amazing thing. And so that was how we met. Yeah. As I called you up and I said, hey, would you like to come over and do some bee bathing? Right. And because I had already started the Elevation Hive and was in the process of working on some bee beehive-related art and working with bees and have worked with bees spiritually for many, many years, way before I ever found that book or knew that was a thing, I was going on conscious dream journeys with the bees and learning so much from them about interconnectivity and about... Uh, how, as many organisms, we are one organism. And it was, I just had so many brilliant, amazing revelations because of the bees. I had never actually worked with bees in person until the first time that we met. And I laid down between those two hives. So that's a really powerful, really powerful thing. And, and here we are. Here we are. Save a Puerto Rico. And I'm up in the lift, and we're working on a painting, and I'm at the very top of this painting, about 40 feet off the ground, in a lift, and I hear this buzzing, and I look over, and I see these bees, lots and lots of bees. And I, I recognize these bees as, as, like, happy, content, healthy bees flying back to their hive. But their hive is really a vent that's going into this building that's been abandoned for quite some time. And it's right where we're putting the painting on. And I thought, what a marvelous unfolding to see these honeybees in there here in Puerto Rico. And they're prospering and they're thriving. And it's right above a mural that we're doing about the corals right. prospering and thriving yeah, and that kind of uh, collective consciousness, the many things being one and the one being made of many things, that's coral yes. and that's bees and, and it was great to see that connection. the day before we started that mural and you saw the bees, I had had this conscious dream journey to that painting. And this was something that I really wanted to actually touch on in this episode was working with the soul of the thing that you're creating because everything is sentient in my worldview anyways. And the more that I interact with my creations and the places where I'm creating as sentient, the more healing and depth and synchronicity and magic seem to occur. So for me, that painting in particular, 
was the one that I had designed, and I think we'll, we'll have to talk about that a little bit, our co-creative design journey. <laughs> but that was the painting that I, I was sort of claiming as more of my design, although we both worked on it deeply. And so I journeyed to the soul of the project itself, to the queen of the coral, and I discovered this surprisingly really deep connection between the coral and the bees. And it was this similar experience of many organisms acting as one organism and of the coral being sort of like the pollinators of the sea, feeding so many other creatures, being this vital aspect of the food chain for everything else, and the coral being vitally threatened right now. Environmentally, it's a, it's a really, really big deal, just like it is with the bees. And so I had not thought of that before. It came to me in this dream journey, and I learned uh, from the coral about this interconnected feeling. I, I can't really describe it. It was just a sensation of merging and, and feeling the vastness and the importance of it and the interconnectedness of it. And it was very enlightening for me. And that day, that very day that I had that journey, I come out and Christopher is up in the lift painting and he says there's a bee's nest in behind right where we're painting. <laughs> like in the wall. It's right there. So that was an amazing synchronicity. Both for our meeting, what brought us together, but also it felt like some kind of really beautiful omen. And I would say both the bees and the coral are indicator species. And when they begin to die off, begin to witness negative effects, and there's something radically awry with the environment. And with both the coral and the bees, we've seen this. But we've also seen people that are making shifts and making changes to bring that environment back into harmony that are using that information of, oh, things are awry, to bring things back into alignment. And that's what I really love about the painting that you designed, is that it's not just the, the physical things we do to help the coral. You know, on a, on a metaphysical level, how we view the corals, how we visualize the corals, if we see them as a dying-off species, that's what we're going to experience. We're going to experience them more dying off. And I fully believe that if we see them as a thriving, adapting species that is finding ways to adapt in this rapidly changing environment, that we will see that adaptation. And so this mural is all about the spawning of the coral, like that new generation of new growth. It would be easy to, in a way, to paint a bunch of bleached out coral and draw people's attention to what's wrong with the environment. But what you created was a design that focused, I think, what we could do about that environment. And some of it is just dreaming it. Some of it is seeing it as thriving and rich and diverse and ever-growing and ever-changing. So thank you for that mm -hmm. design. Well, and 
thank you for the invitation to dive into researching the coral in the first place and the importance of that species. And I didn't know a lot about the how endangered it was before we started this project. But, you know, we started looking into what are the species here in Puerto Rico that could use some attention through beautification and art. And the coral spoke to me right away. And I, I did journey initially and had a really powerful connection with the coral and was given this sort of gift or insight around the importance of feeling it in a thriving state. I wasn't, I wasn't given a message of danger or of lack. It was an, a message of incredible abundance and vitality. And so I feel like this piece is really about that. It's the soul of the coral itself, dreaming itself into being, into regeneration. It's in its most vital expression. And there's something about dreams to me that I think of like the, the expansive, you know, unlimited possibilities that exist in the universe. And so in the painting, she sort of looks like the universe, but it's those stars are also exactly what it looks like when coral spawns. And I didn't even know that's what coral looked like when it spawns before I designed that. So it was just so many beautiful synchronicities around that piece. And so as soon as we were about to start this painting, I was like terrified because it happened to be in a location where we would have to be suspended over this drop-off. And it was really scary to be up that high in the air. It was very, very, very high. And I have a lifelong fear of heights. Well, it stemmed from a childhood trauma when I was in a carnival ride that went awry. And so ever since then, I've had a massive fear of heights that I have worked really hard to overcome. But I had been sort of dreading that. And of course, this is the mural that I'm, I'm going to be participating the most in and it happens to be like way way up in the air in this really treacherous sort of location well and to be clear <laughs> you had never told me that you were afraid of heights that you had had this traumatic experience that and it was it was kind of a shock i didn't know that my partner in doing these murals was afraid of heights and had a very traumatic reason to be afraid of heights and we were going to have to do the whole thing in this lift moving up above this precipice and you handled it so amazingly well yeah. you faced your fear you moved through it and you know where that fear had passed only you remained like you <laughs> did a great job I did tell you that I had that fear of heights <laughs> when we were initially offered this opportunity. And I immediately said, yes, of course. Of course I want to go to Puerto Rico and paint murals with you. Absolutely, we're doing this. And then I realized as soon as I saw a picture of the building that it was totally impossible for me to do anything like that. There was no way in hell I was ever going to get up on a machine and go hang out in the air that high. 
no way that was just not happening. And so I do remember falling asleep with this mantra, like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. I can't do it. And I seeded my dreams that night. And the dream that I had was this chorus of some people that I love singing over and over again, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can. And I woke up and realized that I can, I can do this. But I could not have done that without you. I mean, I I would say that it was your support that allowed me to move through that with grace, for sure. And I would, and just back to completing this story, I want to, I just wanted to touch on that. So I was, I've had this lifelong fear of heights. Here we are. This mural in particular is the one that I'm most invested in the creative process around, and it, it happens to be the highest and the scariest position. And so I was praying to the soul of this piece, which is the Queen of the Corals, and the name of it is the Queen of the Coral Dreams. So I was wanting to feel empowered around this painting, but I didn't. I felt terrified. As I was about to initiate this painting, I went on this dream journey to work through some of the fear that was coming up, to discover how the fear was related to the project. And I think in that same journey, I was really guided to start at the base of the painting, which was like almost a whole nother, it was a whole story. (laughs) It was a whole, like 10 feet or so that we didn't know what we were going to do with that part of the painting. And when I went into this journey around my fear, I was really invited to start there in the unknown, in the mystery, and to paint it black and to just like really honor the yin, the mystery, the deep, dark depths of the ocean and of the ocean and myself and my own mystery and my own depths and the unknown abyss of fear and flying above that. It wasn't just me painting this interpretation of coral. It was a collaboration with the queen of the coral herself. So it really worked. I was really able to not necessarily conquer the fear, but embrace it and go into it and harness the power of it. And it was an incredible feeling to do that. that happens with the spirit of the work itself or what is inspiring the artwork. I feel like there's been this really profound co-creative journey that we've been through that has involved some sacrifice, making accommodations. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're both very independent artists. For me, I've always worked on my own and I've always taken great pride in doing like projects that were way bigger than one person should probably do alone. The more Herculean the project was, the more it was fulfilling to me. I can't work on a small canvas. It is much harder for me to paint a canvas that's 12 inches by 12 inches 
than it is for me to paint a canvas that's 24 feet by 24 feet because I'm so used to like doing things on these epic, you know, scales of grandeur and doing it all by myself. And so it was really interesting for me and it was a challenge to like, oh, here's someone else that I'm going to be working with and that has their own vision and their own style and their own uh, purpose behind that. And yet, I really want to do something different. I really want to experience what it really is to co-create, not just to create for myself. Been there, done that, I know how to do it, like that's fine. And so what that meant is that I really had to listen to your design ideas. I really had to take into account. There's so many tricks I've learned over the years of how to make a successful mural and do it quickly. Like we have a limited amount of time on here. We have this huge canvas. We've got to do it in a matter of like four or five days for these big and I have that experience with like, oh, here's how to do this. And I also have to listen to what your vision is and your, you know, make space for your process and your connection. And that, to be perfectly clear, was challenging to me. <laughs> You're not doing it right. No, we gotta do it like this. You can't put that much detail in one square foot. Mm -hmm. We've gotta do a mm -hmm. hundred square feet. Yes. Well, and to make matters even more interesting, I would say, not necessarily worse, but more interesting, my main issue as an artist in general is getting really caught up in the detail. And I can spend months on a one-foot section of a painting, or years even. And yeah. so this has been well, when an we issue met, you were for working me. on the high painting, the yeah. clean. You're still, I'm still working, working on, on that <laughs> painting. And then when it came to designing this particular mural, I did not simplify it at all. I wanted every kind of local coral to be involved. And a hundred million stars, which we had to paint all by hand, every individual little star slash coral spawning. But which we did great, it. Which was great, because that turned it. into being like more of the, the dots of the dream time, the yeah. quantum yeah. field of realities blinking in and out while at the same time being stars while at the same time being the spawn of coral that, like... <laughs> the, that I just want to reiterate there's hundreds of them and we painted them all individually by hand but this but everything we did went quickly we did these huge paintings in days just days it was incredible it was like we bent time, which we do. Well, creation happens, I mean, and I've said this many times, that creation happens in no time. Like, people ask me, oh, how long did that take you? And I'm like, you know, my best work happens in no time. There's no clocks, there's no calendar, there's no... It is just no time. And yeah. I've gotten to experience that, you know, I experience that by myself often when working on a painting, and... 
to be able to experience that with someone else, that co-creative thing of being in no time with a partner is really, I think, what partnership is all about. Yeah. It was an incredibly intimate experience, like just this morning, to be, we got up before sunrise, like at the crack of dawn, the dawn treaders were on this machine and we're up on this wall and we're just painting dots. Dot after dot after dot after dot. Star after star after star after star. And it was absolutely translate. It was a religious experience. There was no time. And in the space of a few short hours, we could like step back from that and it was complete. And there were hundreds and hundreds of more dots there that happened in no time. Yeah. It was so beautiful having the sun rise over the Caribbean Sea as we're painting dots a hundred thousand feet in the air. <laughs> it was so maybe so, a bit of an exaggeration. So, might as well have been. It was so high, <laughs> but it was fine. I was as long as I was focused, I wasn't nervous. But I felt so held by you emotionally, spiritually, physically, just the way that you empowered me to, even last night, I went out on the lift. I'd been out that day by myself painting, but I went out and painted in the dark by myself, holding my cell phone in my other hand and my paintbrush, <laughs> leaning over the lift, you know, So when you look at this. the image, and I <laughs> highly encourage you to look at the image of this mural, there's a small pink lacy coral, which, isn't that what it's called? It is pink, called, yeah, the pink lace coral. The pink lace coral. You'll see this beautiful little delicate coral that now you know Amanda did in the dark <laughs> by herself. Out on the lift at Out night. On the lift. One-handed, holding my phone in my other hand as my light. And I felt completely held and safe and confident and your um, support and direction was absolutely perfect for me it was like it was the experience of a seed coming home because a few years ago I made the the conscious choice in my art I I'm fortunate enough to sell art in galleries and be able to like put art out there and for years I always did like the the lone raven or the lone wolf or the lone, you know, it was always like that one creature against the world, like exploring new things. And I saw myself as very much a hermit type person. And I, I got kind of tired of seeing myself as a hermit type person. And I'm like, I want to call forth a partner. I want to call forth co-creation. And so maybe when I'm painting and when I'm focusing, I'm going to create two creatures you know, two creatures that are interacting in some way, two creatures that are calling forth a new reality. And so here, this became an incredibly cumulative piece because now I'm painting two flamingos with a partner that I can actually co-create and paint with. And it was such a bringing home moment, such a cumulative moment of... I would say 10 years of focusing on this seed and here it is blooming in a way that I could not have imagined. Um, here I am in this tropical paradise working on this 
40 foot by 25 foot mural with a woman that I love. And we have this opportunity not only to learn and to create, but also to create images that inspire other people to interact with their environment in a new way. And I also was really, I am used to being a very do-it-yourself person. Like if I want to learn how to do something, I will teach myself how to do it and I won't stop until it's done. And I'll do it over and over until I get it right. And I just, that's how I am. And so I, I had my own ego to contend with in our co-creative process in letting you design certain elements or letting you give me direction. I felt like intentionally humble at certain points of our process too. Like I really would look to you and ask for your guidance and support. So it was this dance, this really tricky dance of leading and following and leading and following for both of us. And I think the thing that made it work was not doing the thing that we normally do. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole concept of, you know, we do you mind? And there are a lot of times where it's like, yes, yes, I do mind. <laughs> I incredibly mind. This is the way I have always done things. And I mind enough to actually change my mind. I mind enough to actually open up and shift and try something absolutely different. And so it's not like, no, I don't mind at all. No, I mind. I mind very much. This is a core changing thing. And I'm willing to do that because I want to experience something new. I want to experience something I've never experienced before. And the only way that I'm going to experience it, that's something that I've never done before is do something different is listen and so it's been really wonderful to mind with you like oh can we do this in these colors can we do this this way and it's like yes yes I mind and <laughs> I've learned amazing things in this whole process that's been a really wonderful experience I learned a lot about minding as well, but also I learned a lot about receptivity from you and how to ask for the space I needed or how to ask for the support I needed or and how to just be real about where I was at and not try to hide it or pretend I wasn't feeling it and to just trust you to hold it. And I, even in those moments, it was just like the moments of going out on the lift and trusting the machine wasn't going to break and I wasn't going to fall to my death. <laughs> or trusting that you could drive it and that we, you know, we wouldn't be kicked out whenever it jerks like it does. And, you know, it's like going out on that limb and there was a lot of that in this process of, of just trusting, trusting that it's going to be okay, that I can be vulnerable, that I can have a need and not know how to meet it, and also to trust that it will be met. If not by me, then you will help me, and that is new for me because I've always, you know, 
felt like I had to meet my own needs. And I think a lot of people who are doers think that way probably, that we have to do it ourselves. We have to meet our own needs. And that seems like a responsible, non-codependent way to think, but it's counterintuitive. And I think it can keep us from the true kind of vulnerability that is required to have deep connection. And it was in those moments that I really felt that with you when I just trusted and I didn't know what I needed even or how to get it. And I said, I need you to help me get that. And you did. And, it, and, I, and even when you minded, like, do you mind? Yes, but you did it. And it was so incredible, so incredible, so deep. So yeah, and then there's moments like we had this morning painting at dawn and just we have music, you know, our speaker broke, but we have music on the phone and it just felt like a choir is singing, you know, it felt like we were just like flying and connected and it was blissful. So many moments of that. To me, the key in recreating something, that kind of connection is trying new things, not just going, falling back on the old patterns, but actually staying in the discomfort and communicating from that place of, you know, I would catch myself over and over slipping into old patterns, unconscious patterns, but I would catch them and I would say, I don't want to be unconscious about this. And that was really powerful to be met there. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of those crossroads too where I'm like, oh, this is what I have always done. And I could like throw a fit and, you know, throw the paintbrushes and da-da-da, like you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, and to consciously make that choice to mind and do something different and experience something different. And what it opened up to me is a whole new, a whole new world, a whole new way. And so I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Thank you. One of the things that you've taught me that I've learned from you about seeding dreams, like I had no idea you know, what that was before, and, you know, you, you, you taught me that I can create a certain intention before I go to sleep and seed that dream, you know, ask my unconscious, ask my spirit, ask, you know, to, to give me a dream specifically about a certain thing. And that, that focus of the specific, that in this mural project in particular, I got to see a lot of seeds come into fruition that had been, that were planted 10 years ago or, or more that I had almost given up on. But I was constantly taking action towards those seeds coming to bloom. And here we are, and it's the closing of a year, and we're initiating a new year. And this is an opportunity to look back and 
see the bounty of those seeds that we have planted. Yeah, that's what I, I wanted to invite everyone that's listening to create their own seed of what they want to bring forth, not even just in the year ahead, though that's a really good focus, like what do you want to seed for this upcoming year, but just for a future in general. What's the most amazing thing that you can seed and know that by planting that seed and taking action and nurturing that seed on a daily basis every day, that we have potential to see fruits that we couldn't have imagined. We have this opportunity to create workshops, to create places, to hold space for other people to come work their dreams, new artistic mediums, like all these things in one space. And yes. That was a great, that's, that's a seed I'm planning for the future. Absolutely. have workshops and bring people from all over the world. It's definitely going to happen. So just stay tuned for more information about that for sure. And just some of the teachings. It's so exciting. Yeah. So planting a seed and I'd say in completion of this episode to just speak to the co-creative spirit. I mean, we don't ever create alone. Ultimately, we might think that we're creating alone, but we're never creating alone. And rather than pretending that we are, <laughs> why not invite in those other energies? Why not invite the, the thing that you're creating to communicate with you, to commune with it? I created the Elevation Hive membership around this concept of uh, using art and creative expression and working with your dreams to deepen your relationship with your intuition and your connection with yourself and all living beings and all things in all planes and to feel the interconnectedness to me that's like the whole point you know like that's just no matter how beautiful something might look on a wall it's really the beauty is in that relationship that is born from the process and so that's really ultimately what I wanted to share in this episode that co-creation is epic I hope that I can just continue to be co-creating with you and with other beautiful sacred places that we get to go and to create more art in beautiful places, planting that seed and to bring beauty, depth and connection wherever we go and wherever so we are. Be it. <laughs> so be it. And happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. For more information about Christopher Gerber and his amazing organization, AWE, go to artistswithecology.org. That's A-R-T-I-S-T-S with W-I-T-H ecology E-C-O-L-O-G-Y dot Please check out the links in the show notes and the private podcast this month that accompanies this episode. 
which explores the co-creative relationship with the spirit of your creation and your creative process. I appreciate you listening, sharing this podcast with a friend, and giving maybe some stars or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening, as that is the most stellar way that you can give back or share your appreciation. And if anything in this episode resonated with you, I would love to invite you to check out our Patreon and our membership and all of our upcoming classes and workshops at elevationhive.com. That's E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N-H-I-V-E.com. Thank you so much for listening. I really pray that this episode deepens your own inquiry and exploration into your dreams, your energy, and to the waking dream of your life in the best and highest way possible. Thank you.